Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 164 of Sack Kings Therapy. We're coming to you after the Wizards versus Kings game in Washington, D.C. The Kings win 123-110. Overall, I thought it was a really good win. And yeah, uh, walk us through it, Paul. Yeah, I would want to say it was a pretty slow start in the first half. not much movement going on. Well, then again, they were really doubling Sabonis, uh, which prevented a lot of uh, good passes and got a couple of turnovers. But overall, you know, it's still working out uh, slowly with uh, between uh, passes between Fox and Sabonis and, you know, uh, long help uh, from the other guys. Yeah, so the, the Wizards, like, in the first half, I thought honestly got a bit lucky. Like, they took a 12-point lead by, you know, well, first of all, it was anchored by, you know, you constant Kings killer, uh, Ish Smith. But basically, they took a little bit of a lead. But then the Kings fought back. But they were kind of, I use, I'm going to use this term a lot nowadays, like, especially when it comes to threes. They were snake bitten by a lot of, by, you know, the Wizards being really hot from three. And they basically, like, the Kings would actually get a lot of deflections. They would actually, like, you know, make defensive plays. But it would ultimately end up in either a bullshit shot at the end or, like, you know, they get a deflection. It ends up, like, being an open jump shot or an open three of some sort. So that's kind of how they built up that lead. And then in the second half, you know, things kind of calmed down. Oh, I forgot to mention, in the first half, apparently, 17 points off of nine Kings turnovers. Now, if you could look up uh, how many tur- how many points off turnovers they had for me real quick. Okay. So. Man, but, yeah, but yeah, the Kings overall were very sloppy in the first half too. Like something was wrong with like everyone's hands and just handles. Like maybe there was a wet spot because it felt like there was a lot of like slipping going on too. And yeah, they just couldn't really hang on to the ball a lot. Like in the first half, it wasn't like them trying to force a lot of stuff. Although De'Aaron had some iffy forced uh, shots, but yeah, again, it just looked like everyone was a bit off in terms of like their hands and their uh, handle. Okay, I found it. So in total, the Kings had 14 turnovers and the points off turnovers that the Washington had was 19. So, so yeah, 17 points off of nine Kings turnovers in the first half and only two points off turnovers in the second half. So Kings kind of cleaned that up. And also, like, they started playing some really good defense and they slowly kind of creeped in. They were able to pick up the pace, chip away at the lead. And yeah, they ultimately took the lead. Um, I think at the five, let me, I have it here. I think it's five fourteen mark, five seventeen mark, eighty two eighty, and they basically never looked back after that. Yeah, in the second half, I would say like there was a lot of just yeah, quick passes to within the Washington's offense, and you know, pretty just I, I want to say bad ball security, but they were just. They they could get the ball to each other to uh to get to their open spot and they were forcing a lot of threes, uh, especially Corey Kisper, which he was really good in the first half, really slow in the second half game going uh hitting any any three. I think he only hit one in the second half if I 
Yeah, I remember uh, he had right. three in the first half, and it was mm-hmm. they were avalanche. It was like an avalanche of just threes. Like Kyle Kuzma, like had a really stupid one where he basically just pulled up. Basically, it was a great defensive position. Two two seconds left on the clock. He launches him from thirty feet in. You just got to slap him on the ass. Like good shot, young Phil. That's all mm-hmm. you can say. And then like to close the quarter. <laughs> Or to close the first half, like he had a he just pulls up for a three and makes it, and then really stupidly fouls Mo Harkless on the other end, mm-hmm. in which they actually even challenged and they lost the challenge. So, yeah, that was a weird sequence. Um, yeah, so let's uh let's move on to some of the lineups that I, I really like. So, the starting so the starting lineup of Fox, um, let me pull it up Fox, Holiday, uh, Barnes, Harkless, and Sabonis. So, you look at the two through three. In that in that lineup, you have Drew Holiday at the two, who's you know six, what six 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 seven, and long. So he's listed at six six. Like Barnes is six eight with like I think a six eleven wingspan, and Mo is six eight with a seven three wingspan. So the one of the big things that the Kings like struggled with was they they didn't really have a lot of wings. But like you look at the starting lineup now, that's three long ass wings. And De'Aaron is not, De'Aaron's pretty long himself. He's He's got a 6'6 wingspan. So, you know, outside of like him as Sabonis, that like, that is a very potent defensive lineup. You finally, we finally have some wings. Yeah. And same with the second unit as well with, you know, Mitchell, Dante, and uh, Metu. I mean, they kept on picking up or trying to pick off uh, steals from the Wizards. But, you know, like you said before, didn't uh, happen as much as we would have liked, but I mean, we were being pretty aggressive when it came to uh, try to get the ball back. Yeah, like, and then you have to add Holmes onto that. Like, Holmes is a part of that, you know, bench lineup now. Um, so it just seems like it's going to be a thing going forward. Like, the word I describe them, especially Dante DiVincenzo, feisty. These guys like kept, you know, hustling for the ball. Like Rashawn got a few offensive rebounds that were pretty nice. Like Metsu got in, got in there. Apparently Davion had two offensive rebounds to lead the team, which was interesting. Huh. Like, I, I thought, I thought DiVincenzo had a few, but like apparently only had one, but this, but this is a potent defensive lineup. Like the weakest defender in that lineup is probably Metu. Like you can probably get him out in space and, you know, abuse him a little, but like, every, but it feels like there's a little bit more continuity with, with the defense. It didn't start out well, but like they, but again, with Dante constantly like hustling for the ball, like, you know, he's trying to press full court. He's trying to, you know, get those like late, get those like lazy passes, trying to pick him off. And then you have Davion, who's, you know, one of the best on ball defenders in the league and caught and like, you know, in certain spots can get beautiful strips. Like, it's a potent defensive lineup coming off the bench. And again, you have a starting lineup with length and, you know, a, a huge offensive punch with uh, Fox and Sabonis. So there's a lot more balance now on this team. And yeah, I'm liking this new look Kings and I'm, I didn't, well, they didn't play this game, but like you, you might have, you, you might have Josh Jackson, Jeremy Lamb and, you know, Trey Lyles coming off the bench now, like those guys, they can do some stuff themselves too. I would assume. Yeah, sadly, they weren't able to, you know, play this game. And, I mean, who knows uh, what we're going to be doing with them in the future because I think this is a pretty set uh, lineup that we're going to be carrying into hopefully the play-in, maybe? 
Yeah, um, D- DiVincenzo had a had a comment in the po- in the uh, in the post game, like where he's saying, like, yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping to you know be healthy by the time by the time of the playoffs. So, you know, mm. he's got high hopes. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think it's just the ability to give teams different looks to just mix it up. That's a change for this team. And, you know, hopefully it does turn into something. I, so like, you know, the Wizards, they were without KP. They were without Bradley Beal. So like the ultimately a good win, but you are being a team without its two biggest stars. But what I want to see is how this team handles like the next, like, well, I guess the next game, because it's against the Nets. I don't know if Kyrie is playing and I don't think Ben Simmons is playing and Kevin Durant isn't back yet. So we'll see. Like, you, you know, so far in these two games, they look like they've been able to take care of business. Like, you know, granted, Minnesota's a good team, but they were able to outlast them. And they were able to, you know, really ha- start handling business in the second half of this game against a depleted Wizards team. I want to see what they can do against good teams. And once they face adversity, because we've seen this version of the Kings before, where, you know, they get on a little bit of a roll, they get some confidence, they, they rack up a few wins. But then it falls apart once once like one or two losses creep in there. So I want to see how this team handles adversity. So I'm looking at the Chicago game, the uh, Denver, the Denver back to back. And uh, I think it's the Warriors after that. Let me check the schedule. No, Oklahoma City and, and New Orleans. Like you got, I want to see what, how this team handles adversity and, you know, tough teams. Oh, man, this is all after the Brooklyn game. This is all after the Brooklyn game. Mm. Let's see. So looking at the standings, I believe we're still one and a half games behind the temp seed. Yes. And because Portland just can't help themselves, they got to just keep winning games. Like, come on, guys, y'all trying to tank. You, you traded away everything and you guys are still winning. Stop doing that. You're making Knicks fans and Lakers fans very sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's a very high chance that we could get to that point but yeah the ta- the teams that you named out after that Brooklyn game are pretty pretty tough uh besides i i mean i'm going to assume we're going to take the cake on the OKC one but you know uh, 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 no don't don't say that just yet like we're not ready to say that about this team uh, they've taken care of business so far but again i want to see how this team handles adversity before i say anything Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, let's hope uh, Dante gets healthier by the, you know, throughout the rest of the season. And man, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I can't believe that Metu and Harkless hit those threes because I, I, I did not expect, uh, like them having a perfect three point shooting night tonight. I'll get to them in a bit, but like just to kind of recap the after the Kings took the lead, the, the Wizards got a little, you know, tight around the throat. I'll just say they started kind of like, you know, rushing a little bit. Their offense wasn't intact anymore. And credit to the Kings defense for kind of making making them kind of work for it. Like, but ultimately, like, they, you know, the Wizards got a little tight in the throat and just start breaking threes. Like, I think at they so like, I think him, I think. Kispert and KCB hit two threes in the fourth. And I think that was it. Like the rest of it, they were just throwing up threes. Like Kyle Kuzma, like th- thought he was like, was playing like Michael Jordan in the first half. Did I think only score like three points for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
well, yeah so basically the king the king's defense they can give different looks again they're feisty so like they'll keep fighting and just they're you know they have the ability to make it not easy make it tough for the for the other team and i want to see what they can do if they can do this against better teams oh yeah well again we also uh out rebound the or another team so hopefully those rebounding numbers uh keep up and uh you know we'll get back those second chance points i mean even though uh the wizards had a better i want to say they had a better second chance points in terms of their offensive rebounding in the first half but in the second half we we i think we took the cake yeah again like they again i just thought they got lucky on mm-hmm. so many plays because like again like kings would just get these nice deflections and it would just somehow end up in the in the wizard's hands i don't know mm-hmm. what it was like i i felt like the kings didn't win a single 50-50 ball in the first half and once they were able to clean that up a little bit and still keep up the pressure like yeah the, the wizards started to wilt they they blank or blank they blinked and that was it basically oh yeah okay let's uh let's talk about the kings players for a bit uh, who do you have for player of the game? Is this a tough one for me between Sabonis and Fox? I'm gonna give it to Fox this game since he had 26 and yeah, 26 and four. Like mm-hmm. I thought he was really good this game and like closed the game and you know was pretty good from the free throw line, six for seven, and you know was the head of the snake. Yeah, I would want to say it was Fox as well because that fourth quarter run that he had where he just kept on hitting mid ranges. I mean, they were he was unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> he had like what was it seven straight uh king's points in like such a short time that just pretty much kept the lead up until the end of the fourth quarter yeah and also in a game where he didn't hit any threes like he was still able to open up like you know go to other parts of his games and mm-hmm. that's the thing that Sabonis really helps with just like there is a willing the newfound willingness like I had harped on this when like you know before the trade deadline they just would not hit the role man whatsoever but there's clearly a trust that they have to hit Sabonis on the role and have him create something and yeah like it opens up the game and yeah, like they're flowing more, and this is a direct effect of having Sabonis on the floor. He just he just opens up the opens up the offense. Like even though he is not really a spacer, like you know, the, with the how like the game is always talked about now with three point shooting this, three point shooting that, spacing this, spacing that. Sometimes you just need some good ball players that can do that are versatile, like a Sabonis, and mm-hmm. yeah, like. You know, I'm, let's not let's not bring up old wounds, but like Tyrese did not do this for De'Aaron. Like whether it was like Alvin Gentry just not being able to design the offense to do that, or you know he's just not that kind of player that opens it up for a guy like De'Aaron. But with Sabonis around, he is opening up like Harrison Barnes. He's like Harrison Barnes, another game where he was uber efficient, like seven for nine for twenty one points, and it's just it makes things so much easier, and you just notice it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always still wish we still had uh, Tyrese in this team, but I mean, shoot. Yeah, somehow we're looking at better assist numbers throughout the board, even though uh, some bonus had seven. I mean, there's other guys in uh, the lineup now are having like are just, you know, passing the ball better and also running a very fluid offense that we should have ran way long ago. 
Yeah, that's what the thing is. I don't know if you could have ran this because, like, I mean, you look at you look at what Sabonis does. Like, he's a he's a threat to you know score. Like when you catch when you catch him in the high post, he's a threat to pass it. So you're actually like afraid to double him. Like it, it's something really different, you know, that the Kings simply just never had. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, being uh, Sabonis, to, well, you know, a big guy who can pass. And rebound. I mean, we haven't had this type of guy since Cousins, and you know, miss Cousins. But this is like a great replacement <laughs> for what uh, has it's going to come on forward. But yeah, like okay, well let's let's just not let's not you know open up a wounds. But we'll keep talking mm-hmm. about like player of the game. I thought it was De'Aaron Fox Sabonis a very close number two. Like the thing with him is like he led the team in assists this game. But like you look at you look at just the just you just highlight the assist numbers. Look at that. Like, you know, um Sabonis at seven, Barnes at two, like Holiday at two, Fox with four, Me- mm-hmm. Mezzi with two, mm-hmm. um, Davion with five, Dante with five. Like it's spread out. Mm-hmm. Like even last game, like I don't like I think Davion led the team with either seven or eight, but like you look down that list, like Justin Holiday of all people at five. It's like it, it it the ball just moves around and you know phil jackson like he he had a theory back in the day like when he ran the triangle the reason why he ran the triangle everyone touches the ball and when you have people touching the ball they play harder on defense and everyone is happy and the offense just flows a little bit better like oh. i mean we're see we're seeing this right now and you know again we'll have to see i, I want to see what this team looks like when it faces adversity are they going to be able to stick to their stuff or are they going to kind of, you know, crawl up into a hole and start, you know, picking up another losing streak? We'll see. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, um, but yeah, as, as I mentioned, uh, Sabonis, uh, he had 16, seven, seven and 11, like just impactful filling up the stack sheet, Harrison Barnes, like 21 points, like really just being able to play his game, he, he I, I don't feel like he's asked to do so much at nowadays, but even like when things get tough, he, you can always turn to him to just draw an old man foul with like just some of his, you know, his old man tricks in terms of like, you know, getting his body and just going up and just, you know, picking up the foul. Like he frustrated a lot of players, it felt like. Oh yeah, always Mr. Reliable and man, I some of his like drives. I mean, it does look like travels, but man, he he just plays that way and he it goes in. Yeah, it threw off the Wizards announcers. Like the Wizards announcers thought he traveled on a play, but if you've seen Harrison Barnes play, it was just the simple like really slow and long two step. And yeah, I mean, that that's his game. And like, you know, it's it's an incredible progression. Like, I mean, I've been listening to some uh, Warriors guys talk about it and they're they're like impressed with the growth in Harrison Barnes since he left the Warriors. Like the, the fact that, again, nine free throws for him, he's, it's becoming a thing. Like he I think he's close to, either like he is or he's close to leading the Kings the season in free throws. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure since Fox hasn't played much and he's still getting back in a groove of, uh, drawing fouls himself. And, you know, I mean, he is, he drew a lot of fouls this game, six for seven, uh, from the free throw, but, uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to look it up right now. It's, it's not easy for me to look it up. I'll look it up later. But Mm -hmm. yeah, moving on Mo Harkless, like big thing with him three for three from three. 
Like that was actually pretty big in keeping us in the game early. And he was five for five with, I was actually hoping for more cuts because he's a really good cutter. So like, I wanted to see him like him and Sabonis build up that chemistry and just, you know, back cuts all day long, but not so much this game. But, like, the mm-hmm. three for three was surprising. And, you know, same thing with, like, Davion. Like, any offense you can get from him is a bonus. Oh, yeah. And he's also rebounding, too. Eight rebounds this game. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah, eight rebounds. Oh. Defensive rebounds, too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Justin Holiday, uh, he's a bit erratic to me. Like, he takes some – like, some of the threes he takes, like – they're pretty janky looking and I never expect them to go in, but he was four for six this game. And like, even when he's not hitting a shot, like last game, he didn't hit a shot at all. I think it was one for eight or something like that, but like, he's still out there just playing defense. And again, just being long and active. And he has a, he, he knows what it's like to play with uh Sabonis and, you know, he's just moving around. Like he knows how to move. He knows how to run plays with Sabonis. Like there was a play that was broken up. The ball ends up in Sabonis's hand and he instinctively goes to screen for Harrison Barnes to open up something, going to the basket. He knows how to play. Mm. Oh yeah. And another guy who also knows how to play is Jeremy Lamb, but sadly he didn't play <laughs> this game. Yeah, with uh, with Dante DiVincenzo, I think it's going to be kind of a back and forth thing, and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Um, let's move on to De'Aaron Fox. Um, you know, De'Aaron, like he's building that chemistry with uh, Sabonis. Like the only thing is, he wasn't hitting his threes, but like his threes, I thought were good threes. What did you think? Yeah, I mean. I think four is the sweet spot of how many attempts he should be making a game because some games, I mean, he hits them and making or attempting, attempting, attempting. Okay. I think four attempts a game is fine for me because there's some games where he, you know, can't go four for four or two for four, or, you know, like in this game, zero for four, which is fine because he, you know, he'll just utilize his other arsenal of, uh, offensive attacks which is you know just driving to the rim or hitting his mid-ranges which he did really well this game yeah so good game for De'Aaron 26 points um yeah just an overall efficient game uh for him and again he's building that chemistry we'll see what this turns into with the bonus but it's looking great so far uh Chimezi Metu like he I thought he played really well just didn't didn't try to do too much and like this is the beautiful thing about having Sabonis around now he doesn't have to take you know like he doesn't have to drive to the rim and like do all these like fancy moves and basically play like he's on the playground he's just <laughs> getting dunks and you know open th- well not open threes but he w- but he made two for two this game and yeah, having Sabonis around kind of eliminates a lot of the bad shots from, from Metu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say the Wizards cut off a lot of the Kings from cutting well, but I I wasn't paying attention uh, to that part. But uh, yeah, him hitting two for two is a, is a bonus, as uh, I would want to say, because I do not expect him uh, hitting those threes as many times as throughout the uh, rest of the season. Yeah, and the two he hit, I was like, okay. I'm like, oh, I'm oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's the classic no, 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 yes. Okay. That's uh, all right, good. Yeah, don't don't shoot that again, but, you know, if you make it, cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's, I thought the Wizards did defend, like, there weren't that many back cuts, back cuts this game. 
right? And they did a decent enough job kind of like, you know, like whenever Sabonis would try and post up an ISO on their big men, like he never really scored off of them, you know? Like Sabonis mainly fit, fed off of like other guys setting him up. And yeah, and like there weren't any like, you know, nice passes like from, you know, Sabonis to like a cutter. There were some, but like, you know, it was like off other actions. So I thought the Wizards didn't actually, now that you mentioned, probably did do a decent job at cutting off the cutters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of doubling uh, on Sabonis, which uh, prevented him himself from, uh, you know, scoring for himself. But, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, we just have to work around that. Um, Rashawn Holmes only played 17 minutes, although he did share the floor with Sabonis this game, which I was very surprised by and honestly wish I saw more. Now, he didn't have a great, like, he didn't have, like, you know, on the accounting stats, like he had, you know, zero rebounds, zero assists, but six points. But I thought he was pretty good this game. Like, a little bit of his body language didn't look great. But, like, even when Sabonis went to the bench, like, he held down the fort with his defense and his good energy. He's kind of, like, falling back into a role player status. And he's seemingly, at, at least for now, he's not causing any issues and he's seemingly willing to buy into it. And, you know, simplifying his role might be what's right for him. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just too bad that uh, when he plays with the second unit, um, we don't really have that kind of guy that, you know, Tyrese did uh, with Rashawn where they would just run the pick and roll and, you know, he shoots the, whatchamacallit, his little hook, his push shot. I don't know how to describe it. His little fl- standing floater thingy. Yeah. <laughs> because uh haven't seen that in quite a while, to be honest. And, uh, I mean, he was really efficient in uh, that sort of area. area and uh kind of wish to see it more, but I guess we're just going to have to find a way to... Uh, utilize that sort of offense into uh this current uh you know system you know ironically enough like they basically you know traded away the two guys who usually set up well at least it felt like buddy set him up set up Rashawn a lot last year and then you know Tyrese isn't here anymore and De'Aaron's always been kind of hit or miss with his chemistry with Rashawn because he's always looking to score first and then try and set up the guy and honestly, I felt like teams have adjusted to Rashawn because like that push shot isn't like a push shot that he does off the move. So like mm-hmm. he has to be like wide open for it. And as, lo- as soon as there's a contest, it, it's very doesn't feel like it goes down very much. So like I think it kind of shuts it off a little bit and he's struggling to kind of find his rhythm in that way. But like he's finding other ways like, you know, he posted up a few times for like easy hook shots this game and like. Again, he's just kind of really simplified down his role. Mm, oh yeah. So, like, give me give me your thoughts on this comment. So, I listened to uh, "Ruler of the Court" by Jason Jones, where he talks about the Kings, and he basically said, "If Rashad is your starter, chances are you're not a good team." Ooh. With uh, Sabonis being in our roster, well, just in general, like, is the thing. Oh. So, like, that's what I've always said. Like, well, give me your thoughts first. Like, do you think that's an accurate statement? Well, he is an undersized center. Uh, he tries his best, you know, to hold his own against, you know, other centers uh, in the league. So I could understand his statement why that, I mean, Rashawn won't win as many games against, uh, you know, 
other teams with you know more experienced uh, bigs. So, mm, yeah, because uh, sadly Rashawn at this point is more of a off the bench type center rather than being you know D center uh, to hold the team. Look, I'll say I'll say this. Like on this team, if he's the starter, probably not a good team. But mm-hmm. like on a team, say like the Raptors, I think he could work just because he's very versatile. He's not he's not like your big man stopper. Like again, as you mentioned, undersized. And you know, I think like if you can like put him in like the Raptor system where like they have plenty of good defenders and mm-hmm. he's your back line, like I think he'd be great. Honestly, mm. like it's just that the Kings defense has always been, you know, bad <laughs> for the most yeah. part. It's not his fault. It's I, it's not the same thing. But like like the thing with Corey Joseph last year, like he's a decent enough defender. It's, but he looked horrible because guess what? There was no there was no help. There was no communication. And he was left out to dry a lot of the times against the best perimeter defender on the other team or the best perimeter player on the other team. It's just that's the problem with the Kings. They just simply don't. They don't have the infrastructure to support a guy like Rashawn to make him better than he already is. And I've always said this about Rashawn. To me, he's overqualified to be to be coming off the bench, but he's not really a starter because of his size, especially on this team where you don't have the perimeter players to like support him. And you don't have like a like another rim protector to kind of just help him out because like while he is good, there's only so much he can do again as an undersized big. Mm-hmm. so like that's what i feel and yeah on this team if he is starting for you like we have a pretty good sample size but kings are not an amazing team when he starts and you know like with i think that i think this role is probably more suited to him again where he just you know does the simple stuff like you know if you have a small on you and if the and if they don't switch like you can you can go down low and throw up a hook shot like keep things simple and so far, he seems to be able to doing it. Even when Sabonis went to the bench, like at least in the second half. In the first half, it looked kind of ugly, and they were kind of bailed out by Mo Harkless with his threes. But like in the second half, like they were able to kind of like still run their stuff. And you know, part of that is the Wizards' defense being pretty bad in the second half. But at the same time, like they were able, like Sabonis doesn't need to be there out there forty eight minutes for them to run beautiful offense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean it's you know the usual uh, what we see from you know, uh, like you said in during the game. It's like the old kings in a way, they do their thing, and when there's a time for Sabonis coming back, that's the time where we'll you know uh, just maintain that lead pretty much. And honestly, like with the with how the bench unit that I mentioned, like when they check in, it's a feisty defense. So like, mm-hmm. you know, they they'll use their defense to create offense. And like, you know, if they can weather the storm before Sabonis comes back in, like like they did this game, they're in a great position. And that's exactly what happened. Like they were able to hold down the fort. They were actually able to extend the lead of teeny bit. And then when Sabonis came back in, they they basically put the nails in the coffin, like just, you know, come just completely dominated on offense when they came back in. So, again, like they're giving different looks to, to the teams. And I'm, I want to see what this looks like going forward. Oh, yeah, we shall see. Now, Davion didn't shoot well from the floor, three for nine from the field and two for five from three. But he felt impactful. And like, you know, again, five assists. 
like three rebounds, like and for eight, and eight points, like he was. I thought he was good this game. And again, in that second unit, I really like the feistiness that that unit plays with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, him and Dante just kept on poking the ball away a lot of times, even though we couldn't get the ball back. I mean, it's something to uh, disrupt the Wizards' offense. And even though, yeah, he didn't score well, I mean, it's it's all about his defense, to be honest. Yeah, and again, like, anything he gives you on offense, just an absolute bonus. And, like, two for five from three, like, that's, you know, that's still 40%. Like, I thought thought he hit way more threes than he did. But, like, you know, he hit the the big ones. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's move on to Dante. Like, Dante, like, he so you know it's always been a thing where like when you when all you can say about a player is that he plays hard it's a bit of a backhanded compliment to a certain degree because like oh he it's kind of like saying oh he's not good but he's playing hard now overall he like dante was not good on offense this game game he hit one three but like man they, he was given the memo yeah uh, you have a green light to shoot if you feel like you're open shoot the three he only hit one for one for seven to include like including like one where I think like two threes where he bricked it pretty badly, got him back mm. and then shot a, a shot of an air ball. Like yeah. he's still getting back into rhythm and he did have ankle surgery. And we've talked about ankles and shooting and it affects it. And like, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't good on that end, but like, uh, but like he would just hustle and play his ass off. And like, that is a real skill all on its own. And, you know, again, like, the second unit is pretty, it's pretty much starts with him, just how feisty it is. Like constantly, like, you know, pressuring the ball, constantly getting deflections and like, you know, again, just doing stuff out there to just, you know, be in, be a dick, be a nuisance. Like he's doing, he's out there doing stuff. And I love it. Even though he wasn't like great on offense. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't want to compare him to buddy, but I'm going to say that he, like you said, he has the green light to do his three-point shooting, but his defense itself is already weeks better than what Buddy could do off the bench. Yeah. So, you know, again, like he brings something that Buddy simply did not bring. Like Buddy would actually have nights like this and wouldn't give you fuck all on defense. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, not not to crap on the guy now that he's gone. Like, I look, I look, we all love Buddy. But like there were some stuff that there were a lot of nights where he pissed, he really annoyed us with just how bad his defense is and how, you know, when he's not having a shot going, it's tough to actually play him out there. But like Dante, he's going to hustle. He's going to play hard and he knows how to play too. Like he, he was a starter on a championship team. Like that was a legitimate thing. And like, you know, he has the instinct to play and he's a good ball player. And yeah, I like, I, I like what I see from Dante so far. Oh, yeah. And I'm expecting a lot more when uh, he is fully healed. Okay. Well, since we spent so much time on the Kings, let's just quickly blow through some of the uh, Wizards player. Kyle Kuzma, like, he's pro- he was probably going to be my Kings killer. Like, he was really good in the first half. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, didn't score in, the, score in the third and only scored a few points in the fourth. But, like, yeah, he was really, like, good and bailed the, bailed the Wizards out a lot in the first half. Uh yeah, I, I, for me, I wanted to say it was Kispert because he was just hitting stuff from uh beyond the arc, uh in the first half. But again, in the second half, it was really slow. I mean, there were some moments where like Kispert, like 
I was just saying that is the one guy you do not leave like Kings. Mm-hmm. you got to figure this shit out. Like, sure. If you want to pack the paint, pack the paint with the right guy. Like stop packing the paint off the guy, off the shooter. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a thing with them. There needs to be the IQ of the team that needs to improve. And like, even guys like Davion will do it and it frustrates the hell out of me. I don't know why they do it like that, but yeah, another guy, I guess the two other guys, I'm going to quickly talk about well, three other guys. Uh, Rui Hachimura, I thought he was good. Did, like, yeah. Didn't really have a huge effect on the game, but he, I don't know if he's going to be something. I, I'm very con- I, conflicted with, with that. I wish there was something with Hachimura because I, I like him as a player, but man, he makes some rash decisions when it t- uh, comes to passing and you know his offense in h- itself because when when he does uh you know have the ball uh posted up or whatever he rarely digs about passing it because he dig- all he digs about is I, I got you the ball and whatever happens <laughs> we'll deal with it pretty much yeah, and unfortunately, he's had some issues with, like, I think he had, like, personal issues, I think, to start the season and just mm-hmm. couldn't play. Yeah. Like, you know, I want to see what he turns into. He's an intriguing guy. Like, you talk about, like, him not really looking to pass, but he's a damn good scorer for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something there. And I, I want to see what this turns into. I mean, Denny Avia, like, I was high on the draft. Didn't really do that much this game. But, like, maybe there's something there, do you think? Uh, maybe. I mean, we don't watch Wizards games. I mean, it, maybe it's just a slow night for him uh, against the Kings uh, tonight. But yeah, I I I want to say there's something with him. I want to say I did feel bad for him on some like fouls that got that got called on him. Where guy the guy who drives it's usually De'Aaron who drives at him and just initiates contact and draws the foul up. I did feel bad for him on some of those plays. But like it, he's like I'll borrow this from Zach Harper. But like he's like he's white Wesley Johnson to me right now. Like just oh. <laughs> a, a wing that theoretically could do a lot of stuff, but is not exactly good at any of the stuff. Like you know, passing, shooting, and the ability to create doesn't seem to be able to do any of that just yet. I mean, it's a second year, so like let's not mm. be too harsh on the kid. But like right now, like he's he, there might be something there in the future. I don't know. I don't real. There's no evidence to really support it just yet. Oh yeah, we'll have to see about him too. Um, Ish Smith, just a quick shout out to him. Always finds a way to get buckets on the Kings. Like he's, I mean, nine points and five assists in 20 minutes. Like that's really good <laughs> for what he did. <laughs> yeah. And like again, just finds a way no matter what, and just like. And he's just like without Davion, like th- that's one good thing about drafting Davion. You can shut down a guy like Ishmith, but he even he still found a way to again get buckets on the Kings. And yeah, I just he'll, he'll just always be one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Until he retires, he's always going to be the Kings go to us. I would say I want him on the Kings, but again, the Kings mm. don't need another small guard who doesn't play defense because. The reason why he started, he, they had to bench him because De'Aaron's figured out, oh, yeah, this guy's smaller than me. And we it's should, time for me to eat, you know? We should come up with a team of Kings killers by the end of this season. I mean, yeah, he would definitely be the starting point guard. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> easily. Okay. 
Well, that's all we have for the game. And I'm looking at my notes, and honestly, we should start off with this. But just to recap the trade deadline, um, so the Kings trade Marvin Bagley to the Pistons, and it was a kind of a complicated 14 trade. And, yeah, I mentioned that because for no reason, we get Dante DiVincenzo. And then also including because, uh, from the Pistons, we get Josh Jackson and Trey Lowes. And there were, like, second-round picks in, in between that, and Serge Ibaka ended up on the Bucks, But – Honestly, that's a great trade. That's a great return for Marvin. Yeah. And, you know, sadly to see Marvin go, but I'm pretty sure he will, you know, flourish in uh, Detroit better than he did with the Kings. So we'll have to see about that. But yeah, getting DiVincenzo from Marvin and Josh Jackson and Trey Wiles, that's, man, I mean, DiVincenzo, we should have gone to him during the bogey trade, of course, but after you know what how how long has it been like a year two years now no geez basically two years because like yeah. i mean the, the off season was weird in 2020 so but yeah like i was actually about to call him the lost king like just because he you know he was supposed to be here but he's actually here now and again for no reason basically there was no mm-hmm. reason for i mean i i get the reasoning behind it was that they, i guess the bucks just didn't want to pay him because they're they're over the cap I think they might be hidden, be close to the hard cap. And, you know, with the emer- with how well Grayson Allen has played and with, you know, how well Pat Connison has played, there's no real room for him, I guess. So they decided to send him out. He's entering restricted free agency this upcoming season. So mm. we'll, have to see, we'll have to see what we end up having to give him. But, like, yeah, they basically just give us Dante DiVincenzo. And, yeah, again, like, you know, he was, he's, he was supposed to be here, like, you know, for bogey. But instead, we trade Marvin and end up getting him. Of course, there again, as we mentioned, there's other stuff to it. But that's basically what you traded away. You know, Marvin Bagley for DiVincenzo, Josh Jackson, and Trey Lyles. Great return for him. And as you mentioned, like, really unfortunate how his tenure here went. went and just, I really do wish well for the kid. Like, he, you know, the, the main thing, I, like, I'm not trying to cape for the Kings here, but like, it wasn't fully the Kings' fault that the situation went the way it was. Primarily, I think it's injuries. Just him getting injured all the time and not being able to develop, not mm-hmm. getting – and, you know, losing his spot, like, really did hurt him. And he and he, it took a while for him to figure out his role. But, like, you know, he, he's got a lot of talent. Like, you know, guys like his size with touch like that are pretty rare. And I think he can build off of that. But the issue with him is that he needs to find, he needs to, you know, try and stay healthy as much as possible. And also like trying to figure it out on defense and hopefully Detroit like gives him a chance to do that. Yeah. Let's hope so. And, you know, I don't know the Detroit roster at this point, but I'm hoping that he's going off the bench and not be a third unit uh, bench warmer. So We'll have to see about that. I think he'll end up he he might end up starting because like Isaiah well I think maybe Kelly Olynyk starts but like uh, he's probably going to be backing up Kelly Olynyk or if anything just start and then have Kelly Olynyk be the be the one off the bench and maybe the close games mm. like so we'll see about that but yeah I I was actually really sad to see him go because like I you know with how he's played and how he's kind of bought into his role like. I mean, like, I was hope, like, there was hope with him, I felt, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, big guys like him would touch are a rarity, but he does need to learn how to play basketball, like NBA basketball specifically. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure deep inside, uh, the family is happy because they've been nonstop <laughs> white trying to get him out of here. Yeah. And, you know, they finally got his wish and hope, yeah, again, hopefully he does well. And, you know, it's unfortunate the way it went, but yeah, I mean, we got some really good things back. And honestly, if you, if you said at the beginning of the year, you were going to be able to get back again, DiVincenzo Jackson and Lyles for Barvin would have been, would have been over the moon about it. Yeah. It's, it's already crazy enough to think about and a four team trade. Geez. I, I haven't even looked at uh, most of uh, which each team got because it it was everywhere. Yeah, I think uh, I think Clippers got Rodney Hood and uh, some other guy. Oh, Rodney Hood and Semi Ojale, I think. Uh huh. And yeah, cool. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know what to say that's about it. that. But again, that's again them getting Divincenzo from this is incredible. And unfortunately, we have to get to the ugly part of the trade. Uh, unfortunately, in order to fit Jackson Lyles um, mm-hmm. onto the team, the Kings had to waive uh, Jemias Ramsey and Robert Woodard. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate we have to waive these guys. Hopefully, they find another spot, like in the NBA. Like Woodard showed some stuff last year. I just don't know what happened this year. Yeah, Jemias is looking like he was going to be something like soon, like at some point, but so far, like, I mean, we had to play him that one game where we traded Tyrese and like Sabonis hadn't cleared, like, you know, his physicals and all that stuff. I mean, like there's a, there's, unfortunately there was a reason why he hasn't played much. Like we saw it. He just isn't like, he's not very consistent from the field and overall he's just not ready to play. And then, you know, Woodard just doesn't look like he belongs on the court, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly with Woodard, I've heard lots of good things uh, from the G League. <laughs> sadly, couldn't translate into NBA, I guess, because, you know, we never gave him time. Uh, we gave a lot of uh, time to Ramsey, but yeah, not many uh, good games from him, sadly. So I hope for the best for them. And yeah, like you said, hope, hopefully they find a spot in the NBA or, you know, overseas is always an option. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Woodard. Like, it's just weird because, like, he was incredible in the G League last year, I heard. Like, yeah, he was, like, a really good defender. Like, you know, getting blocks, um, just do- out there doing shit. And all of a sudden, it just d- didn't work. Um, Something happened offseason. And then, of course, he did pick up, like, hamstring injuries, like, in the offseason, I think. Like, mm-hmm. he he had issues. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate. Hopefully, he does find his way into the league. Um, and you know, Jemise Ramsey, he's showing signs. I think he will find a spot. Hmm. Yeah, I guess we shall see. Uh, the other part uh, about the trade deadline. So with the with the trade for Sabonis, and you know, with how much with, oh, I'm him playing, I think only 12 minutes in the first game. Like there was a lot of speculation that Rashawn was going to get traded away, but he ultimately ended up staying. And um, I mean, I'm happy about it. What, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, hmm. I, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that, please? Oh, sorry. Um, like, what, what were your thoughts about just him staying instead of getting traded? Oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see Rashawn, you know, staying with our team. But, you know, he's going to, of course, going to get a lot less playing time. I mean, his playing time is pretty much cut in like pretty much in half or more than half uh, in some uh, in last game. Uh, but 
I hope, yeah, I hope uh, we find a system for him uh, to, you know, keep him going in terms of offense and whatever he can do uh, on the defensive end. But, you know, if it does come to him being traded uh, in the offseason, I'm hoping it's going to be something good. I think he will get something good because, like, man, the analytics on him are terrific for mm. the most part. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Like, I want to see this thing with him and Sabonis, like, play out well. Because I think they I think they can fit together. Just with how good, um, you know, like, Rashawn seems to be a good cutter for the most part. He doesn't get too many opportunities to do it. Yeah. But, like, he, he's a good cutter. And, like, with Sabonis, I don't feel he need, he's a guy that needs space, if, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like, he's such a such a good, like, offensive fulcrum where like you don't really need to like give him the ball well you need to give him the ball to create but like he's he's not a ball hog like Mm -hmm. not not to throw shade at like a guy like Joel Embiid you need to play that guy with spacers because he's a guy that you know likes to have the lane cleared for him and for him to attack on one side of the floor like clear out one side you don't really need to do that for Sabonis like he's a guy that can pass like that can you know be a threat to pass be a threat to score like it, and it's so, and it flows in a certain way. And I just think it can't work with Rashawn. And again, like, I think ultimately like Rashawn is probably a, probably like he's overqualified to be a backup big, but like, if he is a backup big, he's a really good ass fucking backup big. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I see in him. And I, hopefully it can find a way to find a way to make this work. And, you know, but if, if it does end up trading him, I think we will get something good back. Oh Yeah. Um, you know, maybe throughout the rest of the season, we'll see more uh, Sabonis and Rashawn on the floor at the same time and uh, see how that goes. Because, yeah, uh, you see Alvin try to test a little uh, stuff out with the you know few minutes they had uh, together on the floor. Not much uh, really happened, sadly, but uh, hopefully, yes, yeah, we'll find something for Rashawn. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we'll probably save this for a later episode, probably closer to the off season. But the fact that the Kings were able to keep their draft picks, they might be they might be hunting for some big fish down the line. Ooh, like I know, I know, I know. Sabonis is a is a pretty big fish all on his own, but like there might be something coming down the line. But the way you were able to keep, you know, your draft picks, of course, the Tyrese thing hurt. But like yeah. the fact that you're able to keep those picks and King's picks are not like your typical picks. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're very high value because, you know, you, you know, if, if there's anything you can turn into a positive, the Kings being such a shit organization for so many years, like you might be able to take, get a sucker to take, to take on some of those. And honestly, it's not a bad gamble to gamble on, you know, gamble on the Kings being shit, continue being shit. But like those draft picks have value. I want I want to see if Monty's gonna do something with them. Yeah, I want to see it too. And I remember you uh we were talking like off the podcast how you know the picks for I, I didn't know this that the picks actually are worth more than what Tyrese is worth. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. So that's a subjective thing, but mm. go on. Oh, yeah, it is subjective. I mean, of course, it depends on, I guess, the ranking. How I say it, what what number we get in terms of picks. But uh, 
whatchamacallit. Yeah, I was I was hoping that maybe we could have just traded a pick away rather than getting rid of Tyrese because Tyrese would be a pretty fun team uh, or having Tyrese now in this type of system would be pretty fun to watch, I meant to say. I mean, like I said it on last episode, like this team, like this, this team is a Tyrese away from being something. Like, <laughs> it's the ironic thing, but yeah, they want Indiana wanted a young player and they got their young player. Honestly, I thought it was a great move on Indiana's part. Like mm-hmm. being able to get a young player, not having to give up any first round picks of your own. And, you know, like being able to reset, you give up a good player, but you got a really good young player, a, possibly a foundational piece for you to build upon, yeah. you know, and, you know, you get young and you, and, you know, like Lord knows if you can win games, they lost their, they lost their most recent game, but like you're able to tank for a good draft pick this upcoming draft. And, you know, like they're built, they're going young. And they they did it the right way, I felt. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like, best of wishes to Tyrese. And, uh, uh, well, speaking of Tyrese, like, so Tyrese uh, did an interview, like, after a, uh, after I think it was a practice. And he basically, someone basically asked him how he felt about the Kings trading him. And, you know, he, like, he said some stuff, like, you know, he loves the city, like, he loves the people there. He built, he, he really, like, felt like he built something there. And that the Kings didn't want him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember watching that interview, which is pretty heart wrenching itself. Because I mean, it's sadly something we were gonna have to be having to deal with in the future. I guess you could say, because I, I think I don't think uh, the more I think about it, I don't think we could run this three guard lineup anymore longer than it should be yeah and like the the thing was the two guard lineups were fine like him him and De'Aaron were fine him and Davion were fine it's just that when the three of them played together it was not good just because mm. you know you have two guards that don't play defense and then and then one that is small so it's only so much you can do but like I, I'll say this I don't think it's not that the Kings didn't want him is that it's just that they needed change they needed to get someone likes you know a star and unfortunately, like, you know, the other team demanded that they get Tyrese back. And the Kings ultimately said yes to that. I think that, like, there's no debate. Like, Monty wanted Tyrese on this team. If he didn't, if he didn't have to trade him, I don't think he would have. But this, this trade, unfortunately, needed Tyrese. And, you know, hopefully one of these days he will forgive the Kings. I mean, he's not hating us for it. That's good. Like, hating, I mean, the fans for it. Um mm-hmm. You know, he seems to be mature about that. And uh, yeah, I just, you know, it's unfortunate. Like he loved, he clearly loved the city in a, in a certain way. He really did immerse himself into the community. Like, you know, he was on Deuce and Mo. Like he's, you know, constantly at like football games and like, again, immersed himself into the community. And it really is heartbreaking to have to see him go. It's It was actually pretty heartbreaking to see, you know, what was his dad's name? I think John Halliburton. I forgot this. Hmm. We'll call him. We'll call him Big Dad. Big Big Dad Daddy Halliburton. Like he, mm-hmm. you know, he's wearing a Pacers jersey now. It's just like, oh man. You know, so sometimes it's, it's a tough business, and it, you know, it it is what it is. Sometimes. <sighs> yeah, it's just too bad. 
also thank thank you buddy uh, for your time here and also thank you for tristan for your time here as well um, oh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, we we you know like i i know we shitted on buddy as much as we did like ultimately you know it's 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 all love and you know we're glad for what you did when you guys were here you know oh yeah i mean he was the start of our rebuild and you know he pretty much you know <laughs> i don't know how to what to say about him anymore look i mean like he he had his flaws, but he was but he was a fun person to have around to a certain degree until like things got really ugly. And you know, Tristan did what he could. Like he wasn't part of a long-term plan, especially after we kept uh Rashawn. And you know, he was a good soldier while he was here. So mm-hmm. I'll just say that about him. And you know, for all Buddy's fault, that man, that man was always healthy. Like that, that means something. Yeah. Yeah, that he is one crazy guy because I don't think I've seen a guy that played that made consistent games well not not consistent that's the wrong word consecutive <laughs> consecutive that's the word <laughs> yeah consecutive games without getting uh, any major injuries that's ridiculous yeah so you know credit credit's a buddy we will never i i feel do you think we cheer him when he comes back <laughs> i think we do i think it'll I be mean, mixed i think it'll be mixed honestly I mean, uh, it. We there's probably gonna be cheers. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I forgot we were at a game. No, uh, no, never mind. I I take that back. It was Marvin Bagley uh, when he came back. Uh, lots of cheers for him when he came back. So here's the thing. Like, I mean, the Twitter probably hates Buddy more than like most of King's Twitter don't like Buddy. But ultimately, like Twitter is such a small space and like mm-hmm. social media in general is such a small space. It's a bubble. And, you know, the regular fans usually and Sacramento people like, you know, hate like make fun of us for being a small ass town or whatever you want. We got some nice people here. Like mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard about that. Like we, it is a nice community. And like, I think I think Buddy will get cheered. I think Marvin will get some cheers when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Tristan. I don't think he was. Lo- I don't think he was here long enough. But oh no, yeah. Tyrese definitely getting a standing ovation when he comes back. Oh like, yeah, there's no doubt. Um, okay, well, I've I've never I've never done this segment with you while you were on the call. I've only done this on solo pods. I I used to call the segment the Ravens call because I didn't want it was like a it was a Game of Thrones uh, reference. Oh okay, but like you know. It, I, it just sounds more and more stupid the the like the more I say it. So we'll call it around the around the realm, around around the nation, around the realm, or uh-huh. across the realm. So basically, what the segment is is that we we talk about other teams, you know, other teams that Fong totally watches and totally knows everything about. Um, <laughs> but okay. there were some headlining trades during trade deadline, and you know where we got to start. So. James Harden is now is now a Sixer. Ben Simmons is now a Net. Seth Curry is now a Net, and Andre Drummond is a Net, and also two two first round picks. And I think Paul Millsap goes to the Sixers. So, first question I want to ask you: Has did Daryl Morey win? Has he won? I wanted to say that he didn't win because I mean. We were talking about this before, how, you know, the James Harden and uh, Joel Embiid 
thing will work out because, you know, Joel wants the ball in his hand, while James Harden is also a guy who wants the ball in his hand. So we'll have to see how that goes around. But seeing the Brooklyn Nets getting these, uh, you know, pieces, besides, you know, Andre Drummond probably, because I don't think he's going to move the needle much. But Seth Curry, great three-point shooter and whatnot. Ben Simmons, I have no idea. If he is the same Ben Simmons that we saw last season or season before, I mean. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put the caveat here before he passed up a dunk. Before he passed up that dunk. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Brooklyn would be pretty fun to watch and probably pretty good contenders for the finals. Uh, then again, I, I don't know how Katie and Kyrie are doing in terms of, uh, you know, their uh, – stuff going on within the league sorry if you heard that earlier uh, did you hear me smack the mic i accidentally smacked the mic by accident oh was that okay was that in anger or? oh no no i was i was trying to reach for something i actually smacked my mic but, oh no i did not hear it okay well anyways i i like i think daryl moy has won like i mean if you had said like he would have gotten james harden this in the, at the trade deadline, I would have like come on, like I would have mm. laughed in your laughed in your face about it. Like I would, I thought he would have been lucky to get Dame. I thought he'd been lucky to get Bradley Beal, and he's got Harden. So I think he he this he has played this perfectly. And I mm. and you know as as ugly as a guy, I I always thought this was kind of the right decision. It, it just got so ugly. I just wanted him to put Ben Simmons out of his misery and put us out of our misery, but. Hey, patience paid off. He's got his guy. And we'll see what this turns into. Like, I think giving up Seth Curry is actually pretty big because that's another shooter that you lose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as good as Harden is, he's not really the shooter that a lot of people think he is. Look, I'm not a Harden guy, so I'm a little biased on on this end. I, I don't think, theoretically, like with the amount of talent that you just got, they theoretically should contend for the championship. But as we mentioned, I'm not sure they fit together all that well. Mm-hmm. Joel likes the post up. He's not really a screen and roller. He's a pick and popper, and he's not good at popping. So, I mean, he's not a good shooter from three. So, it's not, it shouldn't be his forte. And Harden, notorious, right? If he doesn't have the ball, he is standing around, pick, picking his ass, doing fuck all on the other side. <laughs> yeah. And, We'll see how that turns out. Maybe Joel Embiid is just that good. Maybe um, James Harden it like turns it back on is and is some version of the Houston uh, James Harden. If he's the Nets James Harden, oh man, you guys are in for a rough one. But you know, on the other side for the Nets, this is great. Like you know, even the Andre Drummond, um, even the Andre Drummond acquisition. Now I won't say that's big. I think he he's useful when you're guarding Giannis, when you're mm. guarding Embiid, as in just another guy you can throw at him. Like, mm. there's a big body you can throw at him. Seth Curry on, on the Nets, that's going to be that's gonna be pretty lethal. They've not had Joe Harris all year. And you add another shooter who can do, who can do a little bit of other stuff, that's, an, that's another, like, advantage that they have. And if Joe Harris comes back, just imagine the amount of spacing you can work with. Mm-hmm. That, and, you know... They still have Patty Mills, and yeah, I think I think they'll be contending. As I think I think they're the favorites to come out of the East, as long as Kyrie gets the vaccine. 
If he doesn't get the vaccine <laughs> and if they don't change his rules, I don't know how this is going to go. Like they need Kyrie to win the championship and hopefully like something, hopefully I, I hope he gets the vaccine because I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're the cause you're fighting for is really fucking stupid, <laughs> please. Yeah. And it's, you know, at, at a certain point you have to just realize you are being a selfish ass fucking teammate for again, for a stupid cause. I'm sorry. Yeah, sadly, that's their biggest caveat uh, coming here on out. But other than that, and you know, KD's injury. But I think yeah. KD, I'm I'm of the belief KD will be perfectly fine when he comes back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. By the time the playoffs roll around, <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 having higher hopes uh, for the Nets winning or you know making it to the finals over you know the Sixers in terms of this trade, but. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we'll have to see because I don't see Kyrie getting the vaccine anytime soon. I think he's going to play this out until the very end of the season and who knows what is going to happen in the offseason. Okay, so they so <laughs> Brooklyn plays uh, Philadelphia in Philadelphia on March 10th. <laughs> really? does, does Ben Simmons play that game? Oh no, he's gonna. He, there's gonna be some sort of soreness in his body where he cannot attend that game. Look, if he doesn't play that game, I'm out on the nets. Cause that, cause you know what that shows me? It shows me that you're mentally weak. <laughs> it shows me you don't have the cojones or the balls to face the moment. Because at a certain point, you will have to face that crowd. I don't think you can sit out for however many years that you're going to play in the league, and you're going to play for a long time. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to avoid the the Philly fans, you know, forever. Face your fears, overcome them, and you'll become a better person for it. Look what Giannis did last year. Like he, he they they got they got destroyed by the Bucks in the bubble, or they got destroyed by the by the Heat in the bubble. You know what they did next year? They didn't tank. They didn't tank and like say like the, how the Clippers did it, where they didn't want to face the Lakers. They purposely lost games so they wouldn't have third seed and have to face the sixth seed. Instead, guess what they did? They stayed in the three seed and they ultimately ended up facing the heat and they swept their ass and they put down those fears. They conquered that demon. And guess what? They won the fucking championship because of it. <laughs> uh, what day was that game again? Uh, Nets versus uh, Sixers. Thursday, March tenth at four thirty. Four thirty. Oh man. Well, it's it's East Coast, so yeah. yeah. Dang. I probably won't be able to watch that. I kind of want to watch that game now. <laughs> Look, the one thing we're looking for is the crowd reaction when they introduce him. Please play this game, Ben. Come on. You got to be able to face the noise. And honestly, it's not a reach to say they might face each other in the playoffs. Oh yeah. They're they're very close in the standings. I think so. Mm-hmm. I have it open. There you go. Yeah, Brooklyn's the eighth seed right now. Holy shit. <laughs> Jesus. Jeez, uh, really? Yeah. I mean, the the first, I mean, like, there's not that much space between like them and the fifth seed. And like uh, they're six and a half away from the first seed. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very close compared to West. Yeah, it's very tight in that area. And it's yeah, we'll we'll see. I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into that game and I hopefully he plays. And you need you need to conquer those demons, Ben. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this has been a long episode, but I got two more things I gotta ask you. 
So first things first, uh, Super Bowl is tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I imagine you don't have a, you don't have a, God damn it. I just lost the, I like, I don't, I, I imagine you don't have any stakes because your team isn't, of course, the Niners aren't in this game, but yeah. who are you rooting for? I mean, being a Sacramento King fan and a Niners fan, I got root for the other team who's not related to LA. So I want to root for the Bengals to win. Oh, really? I was actually expecting you to pick the LA Rams. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the LA Rams winning, but the Bengals are considered, you know, the underdogs. And I always go for the underdogs when it comes to Super Bowls. You know, I was actually gonna go. I, I, I mean, I'll go the same. I'll go the same direction you did, because like I know the Bengals have been shit for a while, from what I've heard, mm-hmm. and the, this is probably this is their first Super Bowl. You know, uh, I want to say they've been to one, but I, I don't call on me. Let's see. Well, yeah, like the idea is that you know I follow a uh, Sean Sap on. Uh, Twitter and he's a Bengals fan and apparently they've been shit for a, for a while from what I've heard so this is something I've just remember and uh yeah um have you been able to find out let's see I believe so in the 80s twice before you know this year so They've been there three times, I believe. I, well, well, anyways, it's been, well, yeah. it's been forty years since you know, oh, the eighties. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that that's a pretty prolonged uh, streak of shit, if if you will. So, anyways, rooting for the Bengals. Um, I don't have anything against LA Rams. I don't watch enough football to have anything against LA Rams. Um, hopefully, it's an entertaining game. I might watch it. I don't know yet. Uh yeah. Oh, so yeah, this will be the third time. Uh, the Bengals uh, going to the Super Bowl, but they have not won the Super Bowl before because mm. the other two times in 81 and 88, they played against the Niners and yeah. they lost both times. <laughs> so, ah. Have the LA Rams won any? Uh, I'm uh, Just I'm, off the top of your head, I'm not going to ask you to research it. I, I can't remember, to be oh. honest. I'm pretty sure they have, but I mean, they've been... I see they've been in LA, then to St. Louis, and I don't know. I'm not gonna think about it. Well, you know, we'll, we'll. Anyways, we don't have anything against the Rams. We just want to root for the underdog, and you know, the Bengals have been underdogs for a while, and maybe their fans deserve something. We'll see. All right, so we have both have the Bengals, and the last thing we're gonna talk about, we are watching uh, UFC 274. What is? Oh, dear what, goodness. What is the number tonight? <laughs> It is UFC 271. That was close. So, I mean, there's only been one. There's only really one uh, one match we're really watching, which is uh, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Who do you got? Well, the, uh, Stout, what's his name? Stylebender? Stylebender. That's, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm going for him. Uh, I mean, I want to go for Stylebender. I kind of want to go hipster with this one. And, uh, do I want to go? Do I want to go Robert Whitaker? So the history is that basically he took the title from Robert Whitaker, and now mm. is the second time they're playing. I mean, second time they're fighting. So yeah, there's a story there, and maybe I I'll, I'll say Izzy for this one. I, I really like Izzy, and you know mm. he's been really good. And yeah, we'll see. Uh, we're actually gonna go watch it uh, soon because uh, this recording has taken forever, <laughs> and yeah, we're gonna go watch it and. Uh, 
yeah, we'll catch you guys uh, back. Um, for, let me see. The next game, I believe, is uh, the Nets. It's the Nets. So probably there will be an episode uh, Monday night, hopefully, uh, because it's not a back-to-back. And then we'll have to do a back-to-back. Well, we'll have to do another. We won't have another episode until Thursday night because uh, Denver and Chicago are a weird back-to-back where they travel from Chicago to the Golden One Center for some reason to face Denver. That's going to be a brutal trip. Yeah, it will be. And I just noticed that Monday's game is at 7.30, so it's, it's going to be a late one. And hopefully it doesn't linger on late enough for us to, you know. Wait, Monday's to- game? No, Monday's game at 7.30. You're looking at oh, Eastern time. Man, they, they, they should update it. They're, they're, so not, just- they're not starting a game at 10.30 Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see the Eastern time, man. I'm tired myself. Well, yeah. So we're running out of gas. So we're gonna call the we're gonna call it quits on that note. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys back uh, after the Brooklyn game, where I don't think we're facing against anyone because Katie's out, Kyrie's out, Simmons probably won't play. So, and let's hope. Hopefully, this new version of the Kings will take care of business because before. Like you can never, you never say never with the Kings in terms of them being able to blow a game against a depleted ass team. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if Ben Simmons plays. And you know, Seth I Curry. highly doubt it. He's going to have a ramp up period. I think mm-hmm. Seth will play. Yeah, Seth probably will play. Andre, I mean, who knows what's going to happen there against the Kings? But if Ben Simmons plays, that would be a pretty interesting game uh, for him to you know get back into. They've actually like I just counted. They lost. They've lost ten in a row. Brooklyn. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Jesus Christ! I didn't know. I didn't think they were doing that bad, but yeah, fuck, they're doing bad. <laughs> oh man. Jeez, really? I mean, KD's out. Kyrie. I mean, he's kind of been. Eh. Well, the reality is they were a top-heavy team, and like you know, Harden had been playing like shit. Kyrie's a part-time player and KD like, you know, is, you know, the key to that team. He's the heart and soul of that team and he's been injured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess we shall see towards the end of the season, how they'll rank in the seating, I guess. Well, let's hope we make it 11 in a row. Um, so yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.